California sun, looking out for number one. California, here we come, right back where we started from. Hustle, scrape your guns, your shadow is a ton, driving down the 101. California, here we come, right back where we started from. California! Welcome to the OC Mitch, the show where we take an in-depth episode-by-episode look at the seminal and underrated primetime soap opera the early aughts, the OC. I am your host, as always, Mike, and with me, as double always, is Ryan. Uh, ha ha ha, thank you so much for having me. Bits, 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 uh, random stuff, anything you have to get off your chest. I'm sorry, Mike, but tonight is the OC. And let me clarify real quick. It's the O space SEA, and it's the penultimate episode of uh, season two. And I can't believe we're fucking here, bro. This is the body of water just off the coast of Dublin. Yes. Uh, like the O apostrophe C, good. They take a vacation to Ireland in this episode. I don't. Ma- I don't make fucking uh, jokes about Italians. How dare you even say the word Irish? I I'm don't half, bro. I'm half Irish, half Italian. Yeah, I've seen your penis. It's definitely the bottom half. Is Irish. What? <laughs> is it like the bottom half of my penis is Irish? <laughs> the top half is Italian. Which <laughs> That's means horrifying. The top half would be very big. Uh huh. Which means then it, then that wouldn't be half then. I don't. I don't know, man. I'm not a mathematician. Yeah. How do you How do you fillet a penis? Uh, I'm sure there's some listeners out there who could email us and let us know. Please email us and let <laughs> I us. I think one tried to kidnap me a few weeks ago. God damn it, dude! I just made it clear that this is a very important uh, mm, episode yeah. of the OC, and immediately we're talking about how to separate the Irish part of your penis from the Italian part of your penis. <laughs> the O S E A. Explain to the listeners what that means. Uh, the O C is a dance. That is named after the show that these fictional characters are on, but don't know the title of the show. I think maybe Marissa does. She named it. Also, this they are sophomores, but it is prom, and apparently sophomore prom is the one you dream about since fifth grade. Do you really want your high school shows to deal with that stuff? No, I just think if you're going to do the big build-up to prom, you can't hold off. Like I went to all the school dances. My Our high school had three big dances a year, so you can still have the dance, but... It's silly to be like, she's been thinking about sophomore prom since fifth grade. Yeah, do Sadie Hawkins. That's the one that yeah. America really cares about, you know? It's, and I don't think it ever existed. Uh, I think it's just for TV, but fuck it, your TV OC. Make an OC Sadie Hawkins. Yeah, our high school wasn't feminine enough to... No, wait, not feminine. Feminist enough? Feminist. Feminist enough. Our school was very feminine. Uh, but it wasn't feminist enough to even have Sadie Hawkins. They only wanted dances where the boys asked the girls. I think there there's also the the wave of there's the three biggies at hotels or whatever and then there is uh and for some reason the Richard Nixon library in Yorba Linda and that weirded everybody out. And then there's cafeteria dances. I do think there was a, a villain heroes and villains themed Sadie Hawkins dance in the cafeteria. Yeah, don't go to the calf dance. Uh no. when your dance I never had a dance at the Richard Nixon Presidential no? Library. When you were there, I've never been there before. For the dance, did they turn off uh, great moments with Mr. Nixon, the animatronic statue that would like give speeches and stuff? Or did they leave him on the entire time? It, it left it on, so it'd be like, everybody rocking the town, I'm not a crook. And then just keep going, it was just the Nixon remixes of the Black Eyed Peas. So Abraham Lincoln does <laughs> like a solid 45 minutes at Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln. Nixon, all it is, is I'm not a crook, and that is it. Can you think of, well, there's a lot of the tapes where he went off and racist, but they try to edit that out with some fat bass. He was on a skit show, and like, whenever laughing? he was, pre- was, yeah, was it laughing? Uh, where, where he said, suck it to me. Yeah. <gasps> dot, dot, dot. I am not a crook. 
Yet he was warning us for years. <laughs> he thought he wasn't trying to say. He was like, remember my catchphrase? It's like when Google's like, don't be evil. <laughs> I would have preferred I'm not not a crook. Would <laughs> that have been as catchy? <laughs> I think it's better. It's honest. So Marissa plans the O O C. Uh, do you want me to just dig into the paragraph? Is that what you're saying? I don't know. Do you have any other random bullshit that you want to talk about before we get in here? Probably the history of Yorba Linda and Richard Nixon and how fucking weird it is to have high school kids dance around there. Yorba Linda is one of two cities in California that uh, whose last name is Linda. The other one, Loma Linda, is where everyone in the city lives to be 105 years old. <laughs> oh, that's one of like the three longest li- longevity towns yeah it's one of those three longest Linda, long- <laughs> there's one in japan and there's one in somewhere else and i think like it's a dry town um so there's it's no heat. there's no oc uh, uh yeah i don't i think it's some religion that makes them last longer i guess praying mm-hmm. to god actually works in that city or they all have blood boys I, 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 don't, I don't think you could just drive through it, though, and then no? get magic <laughs> you get elixir. Like, you drive through you get an extra 10 minutes added on. <laughs> but it <laughs> takes an hour to get there. <laughs> on the OC, Seth and Zach squabble over who should take Summer to the prom and who will meet George Lucas for dinner over the publishing of their graphic novel. Meanwhile, Sandy takes drastic actions with recovering Kirsten. Ryan starts to piece together what happened between Trey and Marissa. And also, uh, Julie might decide to murder Caleb. All that and more on tonight's The OCD. <laughs> Ryan, this week's Breakfast Nook starts before the ass crack of dawn and not in the Breakfast Nook because Seth wakes up Ryan at 5.30 in the morning to talk to him. Yeah, I mean, and there's barely a hint of, is this okay to do to the people I quote-unquote love? It's just, everyone's on Seth time whenever he needs you. If if you lived in that pool house, would you not have, not just like at the normal lock locked, but like get like a bicycle U-lock on those two handles, like, yeah, make sure nobody can get people are barging in all of the time. Also, I think it's important to have a little bit of barbed wire somewhere, even if it's not in a practical place. That barbed wire sort of lets people know, like, keep out, hands people off. People know who they're dealing with. This guy used to be in trench warfare. I don't know if Ryan's the type of person to say to have like no Seth's allowed and the S in Seth is backwards. No, that's Seth would have that. Seth would have that. He would have a sign that says no Seth's allowed. <laughs> yeah, Man, because he gets it, he doesn't like himself. <laughs> So he he wakes up Ryan to to tell, be like, the prom is coming up. What do I do, Summer? And and Ryan's like, dude, we've talked about this. She doesn't want you. She doesn't want Zach. Get over it. I mean, think about how fucked up that is. We were talking about that. Maybe Marissa knows that she's on a show and it's called The OC. <laughs> Seth, like, is coming in there to deliver information that is just for the audience. Ryan yes. straight up says, we've already talked about this shit. And you're doing it at 5.30 in the morning. Now, the audience, if if the show could start playing at 5.30 a.m. for the audience, so we would have to go through what Ryan's going through, that would be one thing. But That'd be great. Ryan is suffering just for our benefit. And is, do you think it's because the, they, the show started itself at 5.30 in the morning because there's so much show in this episode? They're like, we, we can't start at 8. Yeah. <laughs> like, their day has to get started way earlier. That's a good point, yeah. Um, also, they, I, I'm not sure what the meal is at that time i know breakfast is a couple hours later and then brunch is between breakfast and lunch Mm -hmm. but what's pre-breakfast called between fourth meal and breakfast yes (laughs) 4.5 whatever it is i think taco bell should name it it's a smoothie i think it's just a smoothie and maybe a black coffee black coffee and a raw egg it's it's a smoothie but it's made from whatever the fuck taco bell serves for fourth meal (laughs) it's diarrhea in a bowl (laughs) 
Uh, so Seth is saying, I know Summer doesn't want me or Zach, but prom is important. And he tells this big story that's told a few times throughout this episode that she's been dreaming about this prom since the fifth grade. This particular prom. He knows that because he was a creepy stalker. Her, she was dreaming about her sophomore prom. Sophomore prom. <laughs> a thing yes. that does not exist. Maybe it's because freshmen are like every school is different, but most schools freshmen normally freshmen and sophomores aren't allowed to go unless they're asked by a junior or senior. But here, maybe it's freshmen aren't allowed to go, so she's everybody dreams of their first prom. I can't even imagine though, as a junior, me asking a junior or senior. Like I couldn't get dates until there were there were now freshmen You're at the high school. Yeah. Uh, I went to, I think I was a sophomore, I went to my friend's senior prom because he could not get a date as a senior, and so I got my all my suit stuff from Goodwill, and I looked like Drop Dead Fred, and my Nana said I was ruining everybody's night for them, and it's the most special night of the year if you're in high school. So my my Nana and Summer see eye to eye on this, and I was a monster. Oh man, I like, I, 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 I'm so proud of your Nana. Like, old people don't just think those thoughts. <laughs> they gotta call you from across the country to let you know that you are gonna ruin everybody's night. She didn't even know it was prom. She just picked a random no. night to. <laughs> she just knew I was going somewhere. So uh, Seth does, after shaking Ryan awake and talk to him, let him talk about his thing a little, and he's like, uh, "They also apparently talked about this earlier, but they're going back to the tray, leaving Marissa's." And Seth's like, "It doesn't mean they were hooking up." Like, maybe he wanted to borrow a book or one of her newsboy caps. And so I think Seth can't stop his Sethiness because he was sincere when he said it doesn't mean they're hooking up. And he is very right in that. But then he said, on purpose, the two least feasible things Trey would want to borrow from her. I mean, news, newsboy cap is much more likely than book, for sure. Trey only knows that, like, metal filings are <laughs> hidden in books to slowly escape from prison. Yeah, I don't think they have reading in Chino. <laughs> That explains a lot. It's the reverse of Loma Linda. <laughs> where they only have reading? <laughs> no, where I think... <laughs> oh, people thought that the average age range is very... Yeah, it's like 34. Oh my God, that's caveman era. <laughs> yes. Chino. Ew. <laughs> Ew. So that's what's going on uh, with the boys until they are interrupted with their pre-daylight talk because the phone does ring. And I'm glad, Mike, that... Uh, although Seth is an awful selfish monster, I'm glad that the phone call happens after he talks to Ryan. Because would you put it past Seth to get that phone call uh, and then sit on and it and then just go talk to Ryan about prom? Anyway, I'm so sorry. After prom and Marissa. Then he's like, "Oh, by the way, my mom's in the hospital." Yes, it turns out that Kirsten did not die from her fast and furious light car crash. Well, so, just like the Fast and Furious, it's very hard to die. Uh, not only did she not die, she has some facial bruising, and they had to cut off a piece of jewelry. Yeah, I think they cut off her ring, her wedding ring, right? Is it because her hand was broken? Uh, when she does see the boys, she tells them she was talking on the cell phone. And I think in 04, we didn't even know that was bad. <laughs> <laughs> the only way you can start your car is by calling someone on the phone and just talking while you're driving. <laughs> Uh, and then we, we see how deep Sandy's connections go. Even though he's mostly a public defender, and I've been told law enforcement hates them, uh, the cop and him obviously have a past. And the cop is like, look, here's how much she blew. If you promise me you'll get her help, I'll put it lower. Well, as soon as, That's a good friend. As soon as he said, uh, here's how much she blew, Caleb came around the corner and like, how much? Where? Because he wanted her to blow him, you know? Oh, uh, Caleb blows. Uh, yeah, 
this struck me as weird, and maybe I'm my first thought was like, this is some TV ass TV bullshit. But maybe I'm being naive. Maybe I'm thinking that everyone is always on the up and up, and people do this shit for each other all of the time. Oh yeah, there's there's definitely. I, I think the thin blue line can expand for friends and fat the friends and family discount. So like, it becomes the fat blue line. Yeah, it becomes a fat blue line circling. It's not he's not going to do it for every lawyer, but for Sandy Cohen. Yeah, I mean, it's weird because you have to be somebody like Sandy Cohen to get people to do this for you. But then also the reason that people like that you don't accept help like this is because you're Sandy Cohen. So it's a bit of a catch 22. I think he handles it great where he's like, what the fuck, man? I didn't ask you to do that. Please do it. Please do it. Please, please just do it. With his, his eyebrows are going in Morse code saying, please do it as they rub together. Uh, next we flash to the ladies. Uh, Summer's telling Marissa she's not going to prom. The one she's been dreaming about since fifth grade. And Marissa's straight up uh, to remind Summer and the audience that she is still social chair this whole year. She's like, I'm building the Lost City of Atlantis that have streamers and tape. You are gonna fucking come to this dance. We have spent so many minutes on the in the history of this podcast talking about how no matter what, Marissa Cooper will never lose social chair. There is no amount of almost dying in TJ. There is no amount of drugs and alcohol and partying and uh, furniture being thrown into the uh, the pool that could get her kicked out and are we now starting to see why like you she's this dance is fucking the the tentacles <laughs> that wrapped around the high school gym it was crazy you cannot afford to lose this person who is able to take uh, i mean it's probably a bigger budget than we grew up with as far as throwing a dance but still i mean each one is just magical they transport they- you to a new world <laughs> Yeah, you really are in the sunken city of Atlantis. Uh, I think they do save a lot by using the gym, which is bullshit. Only what poor high schools do for prom. They would definitely rent out Disneyland to have the prom throughout all of Disneyland. Or build just a new building. Build a new building. Yeah. Every year. There's a, there's a university. And then you light it on fire. You sew up one of the water polo players in a bear outfit. Throw him in. Light it on fire. New prom next year. Uh, there's a university in Southern California. Uh, a private university. I don't know if we should say the name of it. Uh, you went there. The University of Southern California? The, yes, the University <laughs> of Southern California. Uh, it's not that one. It's No, it, I didn't go to that. I went to a smaller yeah. one. It's not as cool. Uh, rhymes with Chapman. Um, that did it, They did have a dance, and they built a building for it. I watched it happen. They, really? Yeah, it was crazy. I wasn't even invited, and I went there. <laughs> I mean, it said no mics allowed, and the S was backwards. So, <laughs> you You should be glad that you were not invited, because... It's better for that to just go under your radar than you get invited, you show up, and then oh, see that sign. Have everybody in the dance carry me? No. <laughs> the sign you can see the sign being written by your nana at the time. <laughs> ruin it. Anyway, is this now the most famous uh, sea themed dance in pop culture history? I wish, but the Enchantment Under the O.C. dance will always be the most famous. And this is clearly a reference to that. Marissa, turns out, has a secret life of a huge Back to the Future fan, and that's why she did this. Uh, yeah, I, it's it's daring. It's like uh, wearing the number 23 as a basketball player. Right. Uh, why would you pick this theme? We already have the Enchantment Under the Sea dance. But she, because she did it so well, she even paid the DJ to like spin crazy tracks. Like he, he had dubstep, and before there's no dubstep, he's like, "Oh, maybe that's a little too extreme for you, but your kids are gonna love it." Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ryan. So we we haven't seen the dance yet. Just Mar- Marissa saying, "God damn it, Summer, 
You will come to this dance. I am building it. You have no idea how great it's going to be. And then we have to take a break. I, I, but, I actually want to take this break. I'm not going to yell at you. Thank you. When we come back, Sandy and Julie are just having a friendly-ass conversation. Ryan, Julie walks in, and she and Sandy just have about two minutes of just like a normal, friendly conversation that is nothing to bat your eye at. Except that's what makes Sandy go nuts, because there's no time they've ever been friendly. And he goes, okay, what's the problem? Yeah. This is, I think, a crazy Julie episode for a lot of reasons. One, you teased. Murder, contemplating murder and whatnot. But I think you can also see with Sandy and with Cal later that we're also now on the road to endearing Julie. You know, like, you can sort of see if you squint... How she can be a little bro sometimes. Yeah, this is going from pure enemy to frenemy with yeah. Sandy. And then I do like, and like, b- very self aware in, in an endearing way. She's like, Sandy, I didn't come here to talk about myself. It's about Kirsten. But you did ask. So, <laughs> <laughs> and then she lays out that Cal is divorcing her and she needs Sandy to find a loophole because if he divorces in the next three days or after three days are up, he gets nothing. She gets nothing. This is a. Uh... Also, one of a couple scenes in this episode where she is made fun of for being a slut, a whore, a porn star, like jokes right at her expense. And she fucking rolls with the punches. Yeah. You know, he says, oh, I don't want to see your sex tape. She's like, stop, Sandy. You're being funny. And that's not what we're here to be. Is that just because she needs something or she's just like mellowed out about everything a little? I honestly think, even though there is almost no storyline to back this up, but at this point, I feel like... We can write episodes that happen in between the episodes and oh, yeah. be 100% accurate. She's just fucking tired. It takes so much energy to be that sort of like noopsy soap opera villain. Mm-hmm. You're always thinking and overthinking and contemplating and just you just need a break. And isn't life more fun when you can just relax and dress like your favorite cartoon characters, the Flintstones? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. I don't know the answer to that one because life seems like a different kind of fun when you're a soap yes. opera villain. But it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. A lot of hard work when you're a soap opera villain. But yeah. now you can just relax. Uh, so Sandy's like, "Well, yeah. If you s- get him to hold off for three days, it'll be null and void, and you'll get half or whatever." But I mean, and I think they talk about this. There's no way that Cal doesn't fucking know that, right? Yeah. Like, it almost like. He was so happy a month ago when all this started to go down because he also knew the calendar. He was like, okay, I need something to happen so I can divorce her before this year is up. For sure. And I I could even see it where Cal knew that he wanted to divorce her a couple months ago, but then saw when the date was and said, oh, I'm going to make it right before that because fun. Because that's that's how Cal has fun. Uh, So flashing to the kids, Seth and Zach uh, shake hands. And they apologize. And they're like, hey, man, this is crazy. And Summer's not around. This is not for her benefit. This is both of them being like, this is insane. We're being dumb. Was it weird just to watch people shake hands? You know, oh, like... I vomited. When I, when I see a bunch of people in a room now, it doesn't freak me out. I've watched TV for a long time. I mostly grew up in a world where a lot of people could be in the same room. But for some reason, that specific form of touching, that very unnecessary and about to be like outlawed forever... It's so intimate. It's like when you see your parents not just do a, hey, welcome home from work kiss, 
but like when you really see their tongues get in there and you're like, oh my God, nobody should see this. But like kissing is for people who are very close. That's the grossest part of your body, touching. Um, and then hand is second. Like, it's actually the grossest part of your body. Hands are so much grosser. I think that the handshake should become like, I don't want to say kick each other's shoes. I don't want violence, but like the kid and play sort of how they step uh-huh. back and tap shoes. That's the new handshake. Shoes are already I might, dirty. I might do like if if there's like a, a warrior like fist to the chest like half bow thing like. I be at some point in my life I became a big fan of when somebody holds their hand out to shake it. I I wipe my hand off on my shirt or my pants and then <laughs> shake their hand, which I thought would be like like hilarious. S- yeah, see how much I care. But man, are people grossed out? Like, because <laughs> what is he wiping off? What the fuck was on your hand? And there's no way he got it all with that. What like, I like to do is I just go in and shake their hand and then <laughs> openly wipe it off of my shirt, never breaking eye contact, <laughs> making yuck sounds. <laughs> do you mean saying yuck? <laughs> yuck, 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 yuck. So Summer rolls in as they're apologizing because maybe she's learned a little from Julian how to be on a soap opera. So they're like, we're going to be fine now. We're adults. And she says, I don't give a shit who it is, but one of you is taking me to prom. I'm too pissed off and tired to choose. And then walks away. Okay. So let me ask you about this. For a while now, we've been discussing that uh, these child storylines are awful and Mm -hmm. just pale in comparison to the stakes and drama of everything that the adults are going through. And this episode is... Is that for sure? Like, I don't well, give a stakes, fuck. Yes. See, I do. I think that this is still fun. But, but it is hard to, like, there's uh, alcoholism that could tear apart a marriage, plotted murders, and then uh, familial lying about rape. Like, there's a lot of big stuff going on. So for these kids to be like, y'all know family matters. <laughs> We're going to do a plot line from them. Seth might build a robot of himself. So let's talk about this. This is the beginning. This set. This is the first scene. This sets up the plot line that only one person can take Summer to the prom, and only one person can do this other thing that we're going to get to in a second. How much did you roll your eyes at the contrive that, like, just oh. how contrived this is, or is it just adorable and hilarious? I loved it. It's adorable and hilarious, and I once tried to set up at my own homecoming. Uh, Take two girls so I'd have to run and change ties, even though there's no reason. Like, I, I, I love this shit. You wanted to pull a doubt fire. I wanted, yeah, I, I've wanted to doubt fire my entire life. And so I'm into this. This is reverse doubt firing, I guess. Everybody knows everything, but you have to be in different places. A lot of people are talking recently, it's all a buzz about the very important scene in Mrs. Doubtfire where her uh, boobs light on fire. Uh huh. And- oh. Is that where the movie got the name? Like, he felt so comfortable cooking because he doubt fire was going to get on yeah. him. Yeah, and then at the end, there's no doubt that fire is his kryptonite. Yes. Also, that movie's fucking fire. Yeah. It's lit and it's, it's not so trash. Good. Yeah. Is there any way in what world that we could watch that for one of our shows and talk about it on a microphone? Uh No. Damn it. Uh, so they're on their little silly fun times. And then Sandy and Kirsten are dealing with her. She's gotten back from the hospital and he gives her a pamphlet because you can't just talk to somebody. You have to give them a post-it card uh, that has some information. And she's like, you're sending me to rehab? And he's like, I'm asking you, uh, which is, I think, is an adult stance on. It. He's like, I think this is best for everybody involved. And she's like, I can't. Think of my reputation, which is the most Julie Cooper thing to ever come out of Kiki's mouth. Yeah, I mean... 
She's not not her father's daughter. I think if that mm. made sense, you know, She's very like, waspy. This is, you know, Sandy is better about this. Um, but it would be interesting to see if the roles were reversed, how quickly he would jump in the car and go to rehab. But yeah, Kirsten, but I think if a semi ran your car off the road, Terminator style the night before, and you were lucky enough to be alive uh, because you're drinking and talking on the cell phone, I would be like, yeah, did I should. Did that church ever think that Kirsten was Sarah Connor? I can yeah. see like, you know, Skinny, waspy chick. I can see it. As she's on the phone, uh, right before the SUV that faked us out about getting hit, her, you can see a guy with a crew cut talking to a couple to the side, and he has a picture in his hand, and you can read his lips that say, "Do you know this boy?" And then he hops back at the semi. So yeah, I do think he thinks it's Sarah Connor. Um, I I wish that I had noticed all of that because it's sort of a stupid question. Now that you've gone over all of that stuff that actually happened in the episode, I apologize. I'm going to pay yeah. better attention. Maybe take, learn from Kiki, put the glass down and put the phone down and just pay attention to where you are. Otherwise, Terminator. Terminator. Uh, flash into Ryan. Uh, he knows something is up and is weird, and he just straight up asks Marissa if she and Trey hooked up, and she is justifiably pissed. Yeah, uh, this is one of those situations. These are hard where like I need this information and what I need you to do is not get offended at the question, you know? Um, and that doesn't go well. You know, it's very hard for people to be like, I, he's going through something. He knows something is up. He came to the conclusion. So he's going to ask me, did I cheat on him with his brother? That's hard. It's a, it's a shitty situation. It's a shitty situation and hard if that brother hadn't attempted rape. The way that it's- I... Quadruply so, at least. <laughs> the way that I've handled it my entire life is every day I ask everyone I know, did you hook up with my brother? That way, it's when it finally happens, it's commonplace. Like Everyone expects yeah. me to ask the oh, question. Your classic Ryan question. And then they answer it truthfully because they're so used to it. They're like, uh, uh, uh. Yuck, 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 yuck. Yuck, 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 yuck. It is yucky. Uh, and, but he could have been like, hey, I came over late the other night and I saw Trey leaving what's up there's so many ways to do it instead of just straight up asking one of the things though and like this is a through line through this entire episode it happens a lot uh starting with seth in the uh fifth meal scene is it's marissa and trey Mm -hmm. like everybody's saying no way in hell marissa is uh awesome and loves you trey's a piece of shit like why aren't we talking to trey why why are we suspicious of marissa about anything ever uh latent sexism oh right 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 right. and because she had a drug problem a year ago so now he thinks she has an everything problem now right uh they shouldn't be together uh Quick flash uh, back to the fun plot before we take a break. Uh, Reed meets the boys at a di- at the diner, and she says, I hate to give you guys any good news, but unfortunately I have some, which is the best way to open a meeting. Uh, and it turns out George Lucas is interested in Atomic County, a comic book that just came out, had a soft launch. Uh, he wants to sit down with them. George- Ryan, uh-huh. do you know when this meeting is? I-, I am going to assume that it's a couple days after prom. That way, oh, everyone. No. Wait, what? What, 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 what do you mean? The night after she is telling them, which is not how meetings work, I don't think. Uh, it is one night only at the same exact time as prom. All right, so I guess we both take summer to the prom, and then we both head to the meeting and sit down with George Lucas, right? No, 
they have to choose. They had they start at the same time. You can't let down George or Summer. Uh, honestly, I would say both of us should let down Summer. We both should be at this meeting with George Lucas. But nope, they have to each go to one. And Zach very wisely is like, we shouldn't flip for it now. Because then we'll be disappointed. Let's both get ready for prom and then flip a coin to see who's going where. Yes, this is uh, Zach understanding the like the big thing about coin flipping is what it really does. It, it doesn't make decisions for you. It lets you know what you actually want to do because you'll see the result and be happy or you'll see the result and say right. best two out of three. And, and he assumes they'd both be disappointed. So let's just hold that off. Yeah, I think it's... So, like, the stress of a situation makes you not be able to focus on the disappointment. Right. I Yeah. I, I think... And, it, you know, it makes it more exciting. It's a more exciting day not knowing uh, what you want to do. I think that they both know which one they prefer in the back of their minds. But I don't think that they're... Even at this conversation, I'm not sure if they can plainly state in their brain words what where they right. should be. They can't. I mean, they they are young. These are both big deals. Only actually one of them is. Uh, and I think they both think they should want the other thing than what they really want. And it's a hard time wrestling with that. If I okay, so I know that logic is definitely not important here. Um, but I'm I'm going with prom because if George Lucas is interested, that means a lot of people will be. You're going to have opportunities to meet your heroes. If like for the rest of your life, and this is two thousand and four, so he has made the prequel. So what kind of fucking cash does he have? He's about to make that CGI movie that nobody saw, The Guardians of Gahul. No, he didn't make that. That was good. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, nobody think that, thinks that's good except for you and George Lucas, which is why I always mistakenly think that the two of you made it together. <laughs> Maybe we did. He's Uncle Georgie. We got to take a break, but when we come back. Cal and Kirsten have a little chat. Oh, shit! Ryan, Cal comes over to the Cohen household, and him and Sandy get into it a little, uh, because Sandy's like, she's upstairs, she just needs a rest, and Cal lays in, he says, drunk driving at her age, a disgrace. Like, there's an age that it's appropriate to drink and drive at. Well, yeah, I know, I love that. Like, drinking and driving is for teenagers. That's when you do it. Or if you're Hallie, all the time. Um... You can tell right away that this is not going to go well because, one, it's Cal. But, two, it's just the way he walks in the door. Sandy opens the door, and there is no – he just bulldogs in. And it's such a Cal move, and you know that things are going to go poorly. Yeah, there's there's not a hint in his body language. Is, is she okay? Uh, to show a little leg, I once got in a pretty gnarly car wreck with an ex. And when we came up showed up to her parents house there was no sign of her dad saying are you guys okay he just was looking through the photos to see how the car went and asked her what the fuck did she wow uh and i've never almost come so close to punching a 58 year old man i want to be clear too uh she was very sober yeah it's just the car crash part that is similar axle broke in half uh so yeah old guys suck old rich guys suck that's the origin the origin and the moral of that story uh, and Sandy's like, no, what Kirsten needs is support. If you can't handle that, leave right now. Good on Sandy. But what they don't know is that Kiki, because even though the Coens have one of the biggest houses in the world, is right around the hall and hears all of it. And, you know, like she says, Sandy, I can handle this. And most of the time she's right. You know, Kirsten is not, uh, you know, unused to having Caleb bulldog his way into a conversation you know kirsten has all the tools in her tool belt to typically handle this in normal situations 
But I think she handles it. I think she's handled him too gently for years, and this is the way she should have handled him the whole time because for no reason, I, he's being a dick, but she lays into him. She's like, if I made an error of judgment, you should be familiar with that. Yeah. She's just gonna like, you come at me, I'm coming for you. Bro. Yeah, and I mean, she lays it down. She says, um, you're an awful person, way worse than what I did, and also the reasons that I did this awful thing are totally because of you as well. One, two. He tells, she tells her she's an alcoholic, which like, no shit. That's not news to her. Yeah, she says, if this whole family screwed up, it's your fault, and at least I'm not going to die alone, and that's more than I can say about you. I may like yes. my Chardonnay, but at least I won't die alone, which is more than I can say for you, and this is, next week we may have Kirsten's most iconic moment when we cover the uh-huh. last episode, but uh, if not for that, it's this. Um, her screaming this at the top of her lungs, her realizing that, like, how many lines she just crossed by saying this. Um, her seeing that her dad is hurt, ha- is, like, is affected. Uh, his feelings... For the first time in his whole life. For the, and it has never happened before. I may like my Chardonnay, but at least I won't die alone, which is more than I can say for you. Uh, that is what every throw pillow in my house has embroidered on it. <laughs> I was going to ask if we should get like show hats or bandanas or face masks that say that. Oh, that's a lot for a face mask, but I'll do it. Well, the, the one side can say, I may like my Chardonnay. So people are like, oh, some like wine wives. Nice. And then if you flip the back one, at least I'm not going to die alone. And people are like, what? Can you imagine going to a grocery store in the middle of a quarantine with written on the face mask that you can't see, but everyone else can? Uh, I won't die alone, which is more than I can say for you. <laughs> I li- it's very Spencer's gift, early hot topic sass. Uh, and then also the beginning of it is beautiful as well. Um, she almost killed herself uh, for drunk driving, for looking like Sarah Connor, all these reasons. And she boils it down to just a very pleasant, I may like my Chardonnay. Ignore the three bottles of gin I drank straight. <laughs> But she's not going to rattle off what she had to drink before doing that. Yeah, no. Uh, it, that's just This is just 40 years of always laying down for her dad to exploding on him right now. And, I mean, Kirsten has built up this thing because uh, it's it's what she says before every sip of Chardonnay. I mean, like my Chardonnay. <laughs> or just, you know, I, man, I, I, I do like you. Oh, I, mm, I like you. I just, I like you. I like you. Like you. Do you ever talk to your drinks? I don't like like you. Oh yeah. Yeah. Talking to my rye whiskey right now, saying, "Get in my throat. I need that burn." Oh, that's why you keep saying, "Come here, rye. Get in me, rye." Right. Okay. Yeah. That's not me. I thought it was to yeah. you. I'm sorry. That's confusing. It is why I started drinking rye. <laughs> I needed to feel you in my throat. Get that rye in. Gross. So uh, Ryan does what he should have done in the beginning and goes to Trey, but there is no answer, and he leaves. A voicemail. The way the camera zooms in on the voicemail is like, no. Oh my goodness, this guy might be getting a burger. Yeah, he's just not home. Um, And that's another way that you can tell this is 2004, because Ryan leaves a voicemail despite not being over 60 years old. (laughs) How rude. These days, how rude of you to leave a voicemail. I can see that you call. If he's texting Trey, is that T9? Yes, that is. Three... Three buttons per letter. So I guess like, back then voicemails make sense. Unless, do you, do you remember people who were just fucking fire at T9? 
I was a little late because I had a cell phone late, but I did like T9 for texting and driving because you never had a look. Uh-huh. You could just do it by the feel of it, no, and that was great. No, yeah, everyone loved those texts they would get that said, You know what I meant, you know, bro? You know? But yeah, the fi- the fire thumbs. People talk about how their thumbs are hurt now, but then it's like, and you have the punch down. It's like those weird, like pneumatic keyboards. Some people seem to like. Yeah, actual buttons. Yeah. You press fucking buttons. Uh, you press fucking buttons. Uh, so Ryan and Seth do a a mid episode check, and they realize it's about twenty two minutes since we last talked. <laughs> Let's see how each other's plot lines are doing. Uh, and Seth, for the second time, and at some point, the fourth person in this episode says, "You have no reason." Not to believe Marissa. I mean, brothers, right? Like, brothers got a hug. Brothers are tight. Brothers, blood, you know, blood's thicker than yeah. oil. All of that shit. Your brother is Trey. Your brother is Trey. Stop yeah. thinking that Marissa did anything. Who, when you were 14, convinced you you should definitely steal this car with him. So maybe don't trust him. And then changed his entire face. You want to talk about some <laughs> sort of, like, Loki-esque demon. Took his face that's why he looks like John Travolta now? <laughs> yep. Uh, and Seth's like, B- believe Marissa, put this non- weird non-fight behind you and just come with me to prom. Do you think that face-off technology would like be prevalent if your face had to be switched with John Travolta's face no matter who you were, no matter the situation? I think it would be even less prevalent than it is today. <laughs> Shit. Harsh, bro. <laughs> Have you seen him lately? Uh, and then we, we get a... Da- a so Seth is his uh, father's son at times. He some wisdom from the mouths of babes. He says, "Learn from the error of my ways and just talk to her and get over this." Somebody should learn from my errors. Yeah, um, learn that the storyline has been going on for too long. So <laughs> let's just be honest with each other and end it. There's a little bit. The, I mean, the big difference between Seth and Sandy is that Seth is right. He's preaching good, but there's still this air of so we can get over this and talk about my things again. You know? Yes. Which is never in Sandy's airs. Ryan. Yeah. Let's go to... That is all the time What the have. fuck? We were about to go to Chino, where people we're, can't read. We're not, we're not going to illiterate Chino yet. Uh, the very beginning of next week, you'll hear us talk about Julie trying to make Cal apologize to Kirsten, because Julie is on her I'm Better Now tour. Yeah. She's, just, she's, she's like a good friend now. We're not talking about that. We're talking about websites you can go to. Uh, make sure that you go to yourplotfilter.com for all of your website needs. If you're looking for a website, that's one. Undeniably, it is a website on the internet. It has all of, it has all of our podcasts, all of our articles. Uh, while you're there, go to yourplotfilter.com slash Amazon. Um, if you use that instead of Amazon, uh, you, you they'll send you toilet paper. Are we allowed to lie in... I don't know if you're allowed to lie. What if you straight up say I that they're lies? No, these are lies. They'll send you to paper. <laughs> uh, and then also patreon.com slash yourpopfilter. Um, that's where you can go to sign up for a tier that will support us. Okay, Get our old toilet paper. You can get all of our old toilet paper <laughs> signed by our butts <laughs> with poop is what I'm saying. Oh, ew. Not a lie. We, that is We true. put our poop on toilet paper. Don't do the $15 tier. <laughs> <laughs> We're telling you right now. Um, you don't don't do it. it, and I don't want to send it to you. That's mine. Yeah, I keep that. Put that in the mail. Ugh. Now my my rankings are off. I I keep it in a scrapbook, or as I call it, a crap book. <laughs> Hello, that's a lie. I do not have a crap book. 
Thank you, Holophonics. <laughs> Just wedge that in there. Hit us up at your pop filter on Twitter or on Instagram. Uh, you can also email us contact at yourpopfilter.com. If you think uh, we're being crazy and it should be on Trey's side, email us and also never fucking tell any. Just kill yourself. That it? That's it, yeah. That's it. Next week, we talk about George Lucas. We talk about Ryan and Trey finally confronting each other. And we talk about Julie and Cal dipping in the pool. We see George Lucas and discover where the inspiration for the character Watto came from. <laughs> Until then, stay gay, dads, and get me those Green Lantern JPEGs Latro. California! California! Here we come!